Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the year of absolute And we're back. Alton, our stars podcast time. This week's episode is with special guest Ra Ra Riot. It's Wes, the front man of the band, repping the crew here in New York. He's doing some press for the new album, which comes out February 19th. You should check it out. Need Your Light, Ra Ra Riot's new record. A lot of interesting, fun, dancey vibes on there. And I had a really good time talking with Wes here. We're both from New Jersey. We both grew up there, so we had some some uh, common threads woven through this conversation, some Jersey topics to talk about. And really, on that note, I found it really interesting how certain friendships and collaborations that happened early in Wes's life, high school, college, have carried through and are really present on how this new album came out. So really interesting time in Wes's life, fourth album coming out. He got engaged not too long ago. Talked about a collaboration with Rostam, from who previously was in Vampire Weekend. He was in the band Discovery with him. Wes was. He had a big hand in helping produce this album. Ra 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 used a bunch of different producers, and I really think it made an interesting record. It was really interesting talking to Wes about how it all came together. And I think you guys will enjoy this one. So if you enjoy this, I urge you, it sounded kind of forceful. I hope, I hope that you, if you enjoy this podcast, you'll dig into the archives. Uh, we have all the podcasts from the beginning that we've done for Alton Our Stars. If you go to iTunes, search for Alton Our Stars, or just click the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story. If you're viewing this on Billboards.com, we had his buddy Bayo from Vampire Weekend on the podcast. Earlier this year, we had Panic at the Disco on the podcast. Last week, we had Borns on the podcast. All sorts of fun stuff to dig into there. You can also subscribe to the podcast, give us a star rating. Super helpful. But yeah, first things first, this week's podcast, Ra 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 at Alton Our Stars. Enjoy. Yeah, so here with Wes from Ra Ra Riot. Hey, how's it going? It's doing doing all right. Watch for those waters, they're tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're talking new album coming out in New York today, making the rounds. Yeah. It's fourth, fourth Ra Ra Riot album. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, I guess, fourth time around you're 
experience with doing the album cycle. There's mm-hmm. no like debut album or sophomore album. It's probably kind of less sexy, the fourth album. Yeah. How for what, sure. what's this process like for you now? Yeah, there's less of a uh a pre made um like story, you know. The the debut is obvious and then the sophomore slump and then the reinvention and and then the fourth is a couple go a couple different directions. But uh uh, yeah, it's been good so far. It was um, it was kind of like a long process making this record. We were super burned out at the end of the tour cycle for Beta Love and kind of decided that we wanted to take a lot of time off. But it turned out that just kind of convincing everyone that we wanted to take time off and that we weren't going to rush into making another record was enough space psychologically to start working like basically right away again um so that was like a a pleasant surprise of of uh 2014 and and the beginning of of what would be need your light it seems like no one in the band lives in syracuse anymore or has for a while there was just so it's college and you dispersed yeah yeah um we all met there and just went to school there. Milo, our guitar player, lived, uh, well, he grew up in Geneva, New York, which is sort of close, but not really. It's like Finger Lakes region. But um, for most of us, we were going to graduate and just were trying to find something to do with our free time and Everyone basically knew Milo, and he was the he was the starting point. He was the central figure in informing the band, and then uh, it kind of just took off from there. So, and I've heard it was a lot of the music was played to play for people at parties. Yeah, party songs. Yeah, the we actually had a show booked before our first practice. Um, because I, th- I think some some other band was coming up and they wanted an opener and uh, we threw our name into the hat and somehow got it and it was almost all house parties that we played from from the first show to the next maybe four months or something it was all house parties mostly on the weekends but um. There are a couple. There are a couple scary moments where, like, if it wasn't in a basement, it'd be in an attic. And there's kind of like all these the 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 off-campus student housing at Syracuse is is kind of uh, questionable. So like, we'd be in this attic and playing this super loud, dancey music, and people would be jumping up and down. You could feel the floorboards and the whole mm-hmm. floor kind of bending to to the beat. Which was fun, but also kind of scary and maybe stupid in retrospect. But um, but so fun and definitely had a major impact on how we played and and what we wanted to play and and who we became as a band. Yeah, was anything from the Rumline songs that were being played in those parties? Oh yeah, um, the first. I think we made like a three song demo after just being together for like a month or two and on it the, I, D- Dying is Fine was on it and so is Can You Tell 
which were both on the ROM line, but I don't remember what the third song was. I think it probably was also on the ROM line. But yeah, most of the songs that ended up being on the ROM line were, at least half of them were from that, from those days. And it's interesting that they were such dance jams to the people who went there because a lot of those are very sad songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's not a, yeah. It's not like a, just about dancing. They're yeah. definitely not just dance songs. But um, I think, yeah, we wanted to make people move. But I think also I wanted to have lyrics that weren't just, you know, uh, superficial or, you know, just I was just a kid. So trying mm-hmm. to figure out what I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, um yeah, those are those are the days. So it sounds like just given the whole band, it's what five people at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, five permanent members, four of which are original members, and um, some we have a steady cellist now, but uh, still sort of like a hired gun type. Okay. Member. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so steady cellist. Yeah. I like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, steady cellist. Very steady. Very uh, solid. Keep that low end down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we were saying with kind of chilling everybody out, relaxing everyone. Yeah. Getting, and that surprisingly got you guys more in line to start working on the new album you were saying. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, uh, we just kind of, ended up together I think some of the members were moving out of the city like Milo our guitar player was moving to Milwaukee and Rebecca our violinist moved to Seattle but we kind of ended up together back in the city in the summer of uh, like a year and a half ago and just really were excited to, we're really excited to keep working um so it was fun, you know, it was like a, a low pressure situation. We took the time to explore all the things we wanted to and um that was really fruitful. Mm-hmm. So are you what city is are like are you and like the band based in now? Where do you live? Well, I live in Brooklyn. Uh Kenny our drummer lives in Brooklyn. Uh our cellist that we spoke of before uh lives in Manhattan, but everyone else lives kind of out of the city now so new york is still like our major hub we have a practice space here still but um becca lives in seattle milo in milwaukee matthew upstate uh so we kind of have more logistical um things to juggle but uh we kind of also part of taking some time or at least mental space after Beta Love was deciding that, you know, we, we were going to let people re um, rediscover what it was like to have a personal life outside of the band. So, you know, two of us are engaged now and, um, you know, finding new places to live was part of that. And that also kind of helped us feel um excitement getting back together because you know what we knew it wasn't the only thing we could do we just got back together when we were 
looking forward to it mm. as opposed to you know like oh life life outside the band is kind of meaningless <laughs> so we need to we need to make more music it wasn't like that so yeah were you one of the two people who got engaged yes oh congratulations yeah. thank you when was that <laughs> uh that was like a year and a half ago okay uh, yeah yeah it was like about that, about that. So moment. it sounds like it coincides with around the time you wrapped up touring for Beta Love. Uh, it was, yeah, it was like, uh, I guess it was like, yeah, less than a year after Beta Love tour mm-hmm. was totally done. So, yeah, the band seems like they've settled in. It's, it seems like just in general, the continuity of the band, you, you did a lot of work to make sure things could be kept copacetic that everyone could be happy with their lives keep yeah. things running smoothly yeah definitely that was important especially after a grueling year like 2013 was um and yeah it definitely made us feel stronger as a group and as individuals and and some of those things kind of cr- crept their way into the making of the record um it, the themes of you know kind of getting older and and feeling like uh while searching for relevance in your life and and in the universe sort of uh had a big role in in what the in what need your light became hmm <laughs> yeah it makes me think like the lyrics for is absolutely or absolutely nothing Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's, that's a lyric. Yeah, uh, nothing is f- does follow that in the song at one point. Yeah, yeah. So it's because like, I was thinking that the lyrics of that song. We'll play a little bit so people listening know what we're talking about. But it sounds like it's sort of like a pep talk for a year coming up. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it's kind of about. It's the opposite of giving up. It's kind of about letting go of everything abandoning everything for uh a search for relevance you know trying there's there's some it's it sounds uh, on your first listen it might sound unequivocally uh positive um and for the most part that's kind of how we were feeling But part of the inspiration was for that song was uh, um, the Challenger explosion. It's something that Matthew and I have kind of been obsessed with for a while. Um, this thing, this idea of go fever, where it was part of what they attributed the errors of the Challenger um, explosion to this this kind of idea of it's most important to get the the project started and get the project going than it was to you know meticulously check off these boxes and there's something obviously it's very sad and it's it's it was sad and um tra- there's tragic 
a quality suit, but something beautiful as well about kind of relinquishing control in this effort to to find relevance for yourself or for humanity or in that case or, or for us for making music and and feeling good about what we do like you're comparing that to letting go and just if you're an astronaut then like I'm gonna put myself in this craft and like in the name of exploration just have no idea what could happen just yeah like basically to ignore the risks mm -hmm. almost you know or or at least after you acknowledge them to to put them aside because um, I think part of like part of us being together now we've been together for 10 years so part of what we've found making this record is that the the relationships of people are so important and and feeling like you've we can do new things together even though we've known each other for so long uh just feels really good the things that like i sang i feel like some of the best vocal takes of my career are on this record and and to know that i can still do that in my 30s is is really um it's just an exciting, amazing feeling. So, so in that way, like almost, I, I had these feelings like when working with Ross Tam in particular for uh, Water and Need Your Light, like I just almost shredding my vocal cords just to reach these notes, and um, but but really feeling like. It, when I got there, it was that's what made the connection for for us and for I hope when people listen to it, um, just you know trying to go as far as you can into into this em emotion you're feeling or uh, into the the performance itself. So, yeah, what song was it where you pushed your vocals that much? Uh, well, there's a lot of this, I kind of, it's funny because I didn't go into this record thinking like, oh, I'm going to make it the most challenging. I kind of thought it wouldn't be as challenging as Beta Love. But I think the emotions and the, the relationships that we, that grew for this record kind of pushed me in that direction. It's like much more challenging than any of the other records to sing particularly water and most of all need your light I need your light sorry um there's a there's a note that I that Ross Sam just insisted on me singing a certain way and um and it was a thing you know it it was like I don't know if I can do this but I'm just gonna go for it and, and there's it's funny because on the record there's still some takes that made it through the whole process that were like first take oh this is I'm gonna try it this way and then I did it and he was like oh this is this is perfect we don't need to do it again so that was um surprising to feel that way um but also liberating and um empowering and uh just kind of beautiful so yeah I'm picturing like training with Rocky in the gym in the yeah. new movie or something <laughs> 
Yeah, it's except the training was the was the actual moment. You know, yeah, the, the actual it was the culmination as well. Strangely, it would be like Rocky getting into the ring in the beginning of the movie and winning, and then feeling great. <laughs> so yeah, not much um, uh, was working against me those few days, so that that was lucky. So Rostam is really demanding in the studio, huh? Uh yeah, I think it's it's hard to say it's hard to explain any relationship with a producer because I'm sure they take different roles with different people they work mm. with, but um he's definitely someone that knows very quickly what he wants to get out of the artist that he's working with and and for me the fact that I have so much trust for him is the the combination of those two things is is really kind of exactly what you want in a producer someone that you can cede control to without ceding a uh, concept or or um quality or something you know so that's that's something that really comes through i think in this, in the times that we work together yeah and i'm guessing that you this this studio relationship is grounded foremost in a friendship because when like when you you knew him before and did discovery together it was more friends then yeah yeah for sure um and when we first started writing these two songs for this record uh we kind of just were like hey i got some time around here do you do you want to write a little bit um and we didn't really have a particular project in mind. It was just like, hey, let's make some songs that are going to be fun. And um, so it definitely felt like just kind of hanging out and making music, which is which is always what you want. It's not always what you get, but but when you do, it's pretty special. Yeah, and this was Water, and there were some, some others? This is Water, the first track, and I Need Your Light, the title track. Yeah, let's drop in water. How did you first get to know Rostam? Um, I actually met Rostam through Ezra, um, the singer of Vampire Weekend. Uh, Ezra and I grew up together in New Jersey, and um, we were in probably a dozen bands between um, like middle school and the end of high school. And um, I guess at some point early in college I came down to hang out and Ezra's like oh there's this friend of mine I want you to meet that is also a musician and you guys would probably get along and make good music together so we did there it is <laughs> yeah and was this Montclair where you grew up with him uh Glen Ridge but yeah okay. right next door yeah. right right yeah I know Montclair really well I'm from New Jersey oh really yeah where are you from Woodbridge Oh, okay. 
Is that like central? Central, a little bit yeah. south of there. Okay, cool. It's like kind of near where Rutgers is. Gotcha. Yeah. So, did you go to shows at like the Wellmont? Um, the Wellmont when we were growing up was a movie theater. Oh. So I went to see. I think. <laughs> I think I saw only like two or three movies there, one of which was Pi, and one of which was The the Shadow, that kind of, um, is that Alec Baldwin in The Shadow? I don't really remember <laughs> those movies. Or The Phantom or something, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, like a... Music venue. Okay, yeah, I can up. see that because it does look like this is going going off into very specifics for people listening, but right. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully some, some people are still with us. Yeah. It's like an old-timey theater that probably started like early 20th century. Yeah, like, yeah it, was, that vibe. It, was a, it was a cool, weird, kind of busted old place. But, um, but yeah, then we played there with Vampire Weekend, which was a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was like – that was maybe – 2011 or something I think we we opened for them there so that was really fun yeah so so going back like where did your interest in music start in was it was so like you were friends with Ezra you were so you were in lots of bands yeah from, from family or something in town like what where did this start for you um my my family is all are all Musicians it is all made up of musicians. <laughs> My parents are singers, not professionally, but um, they've always done it. And my brother is a bass player and um, a really, really talented jazz musician. Um, and as the youngest, well, the younger of two, I kind of just like looked up to him and mm-hmm. and the fact that he played music was kind of also encouraging to me. I took piano lessons when I was like really little. I didn't like them. And then I got a drum set when I was in fifth grade and I loved it. That was like my first instrument. And then I got a saxophone shortly thereafter. And then um, I think that's probably when Ezra and I started making music together like in my basement um we had an old uh adat recorder which is like well first we had a reel to reel but and this is like pre pro tools but um we had a reel to reel four track and we used that a little bit but then we moved to an adat which is like you buy like a vhs cassette and stick it into this thing, this like big VCR looking thing. And, you know, it's all about um, like a time counter. There's no, you know, there's no um, waveform or anything, obviously. Um, so we spent many, many hours in high school. Um, just basically any free moment, we'd be making music. Um, and I think probably in that time in high school, I probably learned more from Ezra than I did from any other musical influence uh, individually. Um, so that that's uh, that was like my formative experience as a musician. 
Yeah, were he, were you in like a goofy hip hop project with him? Yeah, yeah, we which we had a we had a well, he was he rapped in in this band, this sort of band, I guess, like yeah, band slash hip hop group. We're called Groove Prophecy. <laughs> oh wow, that sounds like very <laughs> conscious hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there. Uh, I'm trying to remember if there's like it was mostly like covers of um, tribe covers. Yeah, I think it was like a tribe <laughs> song and like uh, um, we did Bombs Over Baghdad, and we did. Uh, Yeah, I forget. I forget what we did. It's so long ago now, but it was a couple other random like '90s hip hop yeah. songs that we that we covered. Yeah, but I didn't rap as a rap, but I just kind of played saxophone or drums or something. But uh, we would in Montclair. There's this. Um, there's like there was this old uh, diner that we would kind of set up outside of on like the street corner and we would play shows on weekend nights and uh just kind of like on the street for anyone to drop by and it kind of turned into this big thing that that we did um a lot of people would come by or hear about it and and make a night of it um and that that's like really fun. That's that's the kind of show that you, that is hard to make uh, consistently fun, mm-hmm. but it was in that time. And you know we were super young. We were still in high school, so kind of anything like that is exciting. Um, but that was yeah, that was a big, big part of of my free time. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. So I guess to, t- to tie it back in, we could really say that through the collaboration with Rossum, this Ra Ra Riot album, the new one coming out, is very tied to just your whole life in some ways. Just yeah. going back and music. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of things that actually, like uh, Foreign Lovers, which just came out today, um, that originally came from a song that I started writing before... Raw Riot existed. So there's things that are, and working with um, Ross M, who I've known for a long time, and Ryan, who worked on our first record. Um, but then also Dennis, who we wrote with and, and produced our last record. Um, it does kind of span the whole um, timeline of certainly of Raw Riot and, and of me personally, too. So it's it's cool to see that to feel that like that it's not it's not just like going back and trying to make our first record again which which we would never want to do and would be a disaster probably but it feels like part of that but also you know with one one eye looking forward to so yeah so is this sort of a conscious feeling of wow with this next album I really don't want it to sound like something we did before. Uh, I think that was like a conscious, well, clearly was a conscious choice for Beta Love that kind of came out of left field for most people. And we knew that at the time that that would be a risk that people would hear it and be like, oh, this doesn't sound like Raw Raw Riot. Why 
why would I want to listen to them anymore? Um, but uh, hopefully they didn't say yeah. that. <laughs> That's like a very harsh <laughs> critic. I think there are a few. There are a few people that were very, very it's upset. Like, Give me lots of strings, yeah. or, or I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you, if you read too much on the internet, you'll you'll find whatever you want. <laughs> you'll find whatever you don't want to find. Um, but I think because of that, and because of the way that that connected with people and didn't connect with people, uh, this record was much more natural feeling in that way like um we basically had destroyed everything that Rara Riot stood for after Beta Love um for better or worse I think there are a lot of good things that came out of it but one of which was that we had this freedom now making Need Your Light to do whatever we wanted take the time to explore these songs and have four different producers involved if and that's what we wanted and um, write with a few different people and um, not let it be done until it was done and we felt like really great about it so that that was that was the the liberation that we felt after beta love to to make this record yeah and what we were starting to touch on there with sort of this twist with the band maybe with beta love it seems like your songwriting went from more f- what i would call just folky or more rock oriented songwriting mm-hmm. to songwriting that has more to do with like alt pop you could say or just music that you would dance to sure yeah i think um we uh yeah uh, beta love was was like really kind of focused on the pop idea uh, you know an alternative idea of pop music but um i think for this record we wanted to cast a wider net you know the the concept of beta love was so strong and um really connected with the people that it did uh in a deep way but uh, there's a lot of people that i didn't really speak to so i think we wanted to cast a wider net and tell stories that would connect to more people more broadly and maybe had more room for interpretation and, and less specific references to like technology or whatever. But, um, that was in a way that's kind of a bigger challenge to make something that's, that's more broadly relevant. Mm. So that, that was, that was the challenge that we set out on making Need Your Light and, and we, are very excited to have it come out soon. <laughs> see if, to see if we succeeded, and I, I think we we may have. Yeah, and another thing with the band is they've been with Barsuk, the label, for their entire album existence, at least. Yeah. Basically, as long as most fans have probably been aware of the band. Yeah. So that probably gives you a lot of stability. Like, what's that like, just being with the same crew the whole time? Yeah, that's kind of a similar feeling to you know, on the other side of the table, as it were, it's a similar feeling to the, you know, growing relationships with people you trust, uh, either whether it be producers or other writers or the label. Um, and that's that's been a great relationship. And we, um, 
I think there's always temptations to be like, oh, you see a, a major label band that can spend all all sorts of money on certain promo or um, campaigns and things like that. But for us, it's also really important for us to be involved with a label that's actually invested more than just financially in our record and in our band. Mm. You know, they, they've been with us from the beginning and and we're we're friends with the the people that work there and um they care about our band doing well and they and they have confidence in us and they have opinions on things and they're not always um the same, but uh that's as long as you know, again, as long as you trust the people that you have around you then then you're going to be in in good shape millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah. What is, I'm trying to think, are there other artists who have been with the label since you guys have been there? I don't know. I think, um... I think Not a Surf has been okay. there for the whole time that we have. I think um, Menomina mm-hmm. may have also. And also, it seems like because like even for them, Death Cab is like a legacy right. artist. Now they still do things with them. So probably yeah. even like once artists move on, you're still sort of in the same you know pool of friends who yeah. do stuff. Yeah, it is a kind of familial relationship. You know, yeah, you, you don't. You don't sign a different contract and then you're out of the out of the life yeah. forever. Um and that's that's a good thing about being with an independent label. So, you know, you, the relationships that you have I guess not that not that you can't have that from a major label, but more often it feels their their the personal relationships grow with the with the working relationship. Yeah. And, like, not with every major, but I think with a lot of majors when they sign, like, indie or alternative artists, it's, it's like if the first album or single or whatever doesn't really hit, you're just sort of more of an afterthought. And it's just all yeah. at once, all in, and if not, eh. Yeah. Yeah, that can be obviously great for some people when it works, but um, I think that's too much That's too much pressure. And, and maybe not a great... Um, Maybe not overall a great business model. 
Yeah, that's another discussion <laughs> entirely. Yeah. But yeah, we we don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah, so you sung the national anthem at at the Barclays Center yeah. at a Rangers Islanders game. It's hockey for people listening. <laughs> that's really neat. Tell me wh- about that. Uh, that was really really fun. Um, it's the third anthem that I've done. I did one for the New Jersey Devils, my home team, and I did one for the the Patriots. Sorry, all the Patriots haters out there, but um, no, so a, a Patriots game. <laughs> yeah. Wow. On on um, Christmas Eve, like three three, four years ago or something. It's like three times as many people who would be at a hockey arena for a yeah. game. Yeah, exactly. And it was pretty intimidating, especially because we walked out across the field at you know Gillette Stadium. I actually don't really have a football team, so I didn't really mind being at Patriot Stadium. It was kind of cool. But... Um, and one, I don't remember who it was, but some enormous wide receiver almost just like laid out my parents right in front of me because we just we were told to walk through the warm-ups <laughs> and it, as they were going on because you know you're out there from the beginning um of the game and and so are the players so it was it was very strange and I don't I really don't remember who it was maybe it was like Gronkowski or something some somebody enormous because they just kind of look like a giant walking by. But um, but the hockey game more recently was also amazing because um, the Islanders and Rangers have a crazy intense rivalry. And as I was singing, you know, there's a, I was singing by myself, so there's no accompaniment. Whenever I got to a, a low part or I was taking a breath, um, this kind of crowd noise would start to bubble up. And I mm. then realized that it was it was like booing. There's there's this booing going on while I was singing, which was super distracting. But um, so as I'm singing, I only had about ninety seconds to do it. But I was like, "What are they doing? What they can't be booing the anthem? Like that's that's weird. No one would be booing the anthem." I don't think that they're booing me because I feel like pretty good about how I'm singing right now. But I wasn't sure what was going on. So then certain parts of the crowd would start booing after the other parts of the crowd. And it kind of just seemed like maybe they were booing the people that were booing. (laughs) So then I would just kind of rush through these parts and I just sing louder. So then they would quiet down. But I almost started laughing at the end of it because it was just such an absurd experience, like singing the national anthem at a hockey game, and then there's all these people booing while you're doing it. It was very strange. But at the end, it kind of became apparent that they were just getting excited, and you know, because they each hate each other's teams, they were booing each other's teams and, and not the anthem, at least so I thought. But um, and think, but uh, it was it was very very funny <laughs> to 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 hear that while while I was singing um but but a fun night anyway 
Yeah, on the video that's posted online, it's more ice level, and what you can just hear is people yelling, Rangers suck, or maybe it's go oh, Rangers. Okay, yeah. Yeah, probably just, both of those things, yeah. And that's just one voice, ice level. Oh, okay. It's just like some loud person who happens to be by the camera. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was it was so loud. It was the loudest. I mean, it was louder than the Patriots game because it was full mm-hmm. at the beginning. But... Um, very, very different experience. So I've never been to a Barclays Center Islanders home game, but it sounds like they do have a good vibe there. Good, oh yeah, the crowd was packed. Yeah, it was. It was really fun. Um, there's, I think, there's been a lot of fuss about the some of the seats. There's like an obstructed view for some some section, but um, where we were and where all my friends ended up they saw fine it was it was cool it was like amazing vibe and they put me on the jumbotron which was pretty exciting mm-hmm. <laughs> a little embarrassing but but fun and uh yeah we had a great time how do you how does someone get involved with doing anthems um i honestly don't know i the there was just the first one that i did there was just a guy who booked the anthems that was kind of a fan of the band. Oh, so, wow. So he was just like, hey, do you want to come do an anthem? And I was like, okay, I would love to. Um, the first time it was like super nerve-wracking because being a fan of that team, the New Jersey Devils, I was like, um, you know, I just was excited to be on the ice with Marty Brodeur and right in front of him and then – I sang it and it went really well and then by the time I got back to my seat it was only a minute and a half gone in the game and he had already given up two goals. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I must have must have really distracted him or something. Um but then I think uh that same guy moved to the Patriots and asked me again. Oh, okay. So that's how I got that one and then the Islanders thing, I think I think I might have been their second choice, but, <laughs> but I think they were looking for someone else who was busy uh, from our management. But um, I was like, hey, I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> it's the year of absolute So, yeah, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed Hearing me chat with Wes, Ra Ra Riot's album, as Wes said, and as we said, comes out February 19th. I like it a lot. That's why I had him on the show. So I hope you check it out. And yeah, I hope you keep up with the podcast. If this was your first episode you ever listened to, I urge you to check out the archives I said at the top of the show. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a star rating on iTunes. All of that, I won't go into detail, but it's just super, super helpful for everything that we do here with the podcast on Billboards.com. I love doing it. It's every Friday afternoon. A new episode comes out. Can't really jump the gun and say what I have coming up next, but I will say I have some artists on the podcast who have me very, very, very excited to share them with you, to chat with these people. There are good, exciting things ahead. So, yeah. Alton Our Stars will be back next Friday at 12 noon on Billboard.com. Until then, have a good weekend, everybody. Peace out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.